and some of you may remember a couple of years ago on Mother's Day, I spoke about three women um, who demonstrated boldness, courage, and faith in the beginning of the life of Moses. And as I was reflecting on this amazing Old Testament character, these things are things that run throughout his story, along with things of fear and doubt and, and, and mistakes. But there is courage, there's faith, and there is boldness. And you know, this isn't uncommon in the tapestry of our lives. And as I looked at Moses, I also noticed, which you may already know, but his life is one, he's one of the few characters who his complete biography is documented um, in the biblical narrative. And as I did consider it, there was one that, that kept coming to me. And actually on Friday at the ladies' Bible study, although fleetingly, someone mentioned it and it just was, was confirmation for me. So we're going to turn to scripture together in a little moment. But first of all, I want us to consider something that's perhaps a little bit strange, but I want us to consider our feet, okay? Now, don't worry, I am not going to ask you to remove your shoes and show the person next to your feet or anything like that, but um, I generally think there are two types of people, okay, so there, when it comes to feet. There are the barefooters and there are the keep my boots on always people. Now, I'm a barefooter. I love taking my shoes off and going barefoot. And pretty much when I get home, the pattern is kick off the shoes. You can almost hear the sigh of relief. And once the shoes are off, the shoes are off. And if I need to go outside, it doesn't matter if I have to go to the car, down to the utility room. And if it's raining, if it's snowing, whatever, I am out on the bare feet. And you might hear the odd squeal if I step on a stone or a clothes peg or something like that. And probably the only child in the room at the minute is Hannah, but I was probably a massive hypocrite when they were younger, telling them to um, keep their shoes on when they went outside, and I didn't. But by now, some of you will be making a connection to um, what with Moses and with Burfeet. So I'm just going to ask you to turn with me to Exodus chapter 3, where Moses meets God for the first time. And we're going to begin at verse 1, and we're going to read through to verse 15. Now Moses was tending the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian. And he led the flock back of the, to the back of the desert and came to Horeb, the mountain of God. And the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a flame of fire from the midst of a bush. So he looked, and behold, the bush was burning with fire, but the bush was not consumed. Then Moses said, I will now turn aside and see this great sight. And when, why does the bush not burn? So when the Lord saw that he had turned aside to look, God called him from the midst of the bush and said, Moses, Moses. And he said, here I am. Then he said, do not come any closer. Remove the sandals from your feet for the place where you stand is holy ground. Moreover, he said, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, of Isaac, the God of Jacob. And Moses hid his face for he was afraid to look upon God. And the Lord said, I have surely seen the oppression of my people here in Egypt and have heard their cry because of their taskmasters. For now I know their sorrows. So I have come down to deliver them out of the hands of the Egyptians and to bring them up from that land to a large, good and large land, to land flowing with milk and honey, to the place of the Canaanites and the Hittites, the Amorites, the Pezrites, the Hivites and the Jebusites. Now therefore, behold, the cry of the children of Israel has come to me and I have seen the oppression from with which the Egyptians oppress them. Come now, therefore, I will send Pharaoh that you may, 
I will send you to Pharaoh that you may bring my people, the children of Israel, out of Egypt. But Moses said to God, who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and that I should bring the children of Israel out of Egypt? So he said, I will certainly be with you and this shall be a sign to you that I have sent you. When you've brought the people of Egypt, you shall see, you shall serve God on this mountain. Then Moses said to God, Indeed, when I come to the children of Israel and say to them, The Lord of your fathers has sent me, and they say to me, What is his name? What shall I say to them? And God said to Moses, I am who I am. And he said, Thus you shall say to the children of Israel, I am has sent me to you. Moreover, God said to Moses, Thus you shall say to the children of Israel, The Lord of your fathers, the God of Abram, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob has sent me to you. This is my name forever, and this is my memorial to all generations. We have been singing about that name of God this morning and the power of the name of God. Um, But you know, as I read this passage, I realized that after Moses' bare feet hit the holy ground, he was never going to be the same again. This was how God called Moses into ministry. God had been working on Moses for a long time before this, and this barefooted moment After this, Moses became the greatest leader of the Old Testament. And God used Moses to bring Israel to himself. Moses led the children of Egypt out of, or children of Israel out of Egyptian slavery and through 40 years of the wilderness to the border of the promised land of Canaan. Moses received from God the laws that would govern until Jesus came. Through Moses, God made his covenant with Israel and Moses' ministry all began as he stood barefooted before the Lord on holy ground. I just take that in. I just think that this is amazing. And I want to break some of it down. This morning, I want us to think just about the significance of where Moses was when this encounter happened. He was in the very wilderness where he was going to lead the children of Israel. He was at the mountain of God where he would return with Israel to receive the Ten Commandments. There's such significance in this. And at the point of our reading in verse 5, He is standing before the presence of God as he stands before a burning bush. But also, I want us to think about what that would have been and where that would have been. Um, This wasn't a a soft terrain, if you like. This place was a place of stones and scorpions and poisonous snakes. It wasn't probably the nicest place to be barefooted. And I suggest, and I believe that Moses probably was not exactly really comfortable at this time but you know what what God is doing with Moses here he desires to do with all of us God wants us to be faithful followers of his will and of his ways the wilderness was a place of revelation and a place of change a place of transition for Moses so I don't think it's so out of the box for us to believe that in the wilderness that's where God will do a good amount of work with us as well Like Moses, in our lives, a number of us will encounter uncomfortable periods. And some of us will encounter preparation times or a time in our life where we feel like we're being a little bit preened. Um, And in those times, we can expect to experience an array of emotions, of behaviors, and of different thought processes in this. But the challenge to Moses and the challenge to us is to walk in the awareness of God's holy presence always. When Moses took off his shoes, he was taking off something that was man-made. 
and he was now standing on something that was God-made. He wasn't sure about it, but he was sure that it was God-made. And sometimes in our lives, we can create a comfortable environment where we can slightly separate ourselves from the things of God and that we can shield ourselves from the sharp points and the points of pain and suffering around us. Do you know, when Moses had his feet on, his feet on, (laughs) when Moses had his shoes on, he could walk around almost carelessly in the desert. But when his shoes were off, he had to watch where he was walking. He had to survey all around him. And you know, when our shoes are off, we have to watch where we walk. And God wants us to walk really carefully in his presence. He wants us to watch our steps. And you know, and elsewhere in the Bible, God tells us that our steps are ordered, but he wants us to watch those and to pay attention to that. Barefooted saints are required to walk more carefully than those with shoes on. As this passage would indicate, I believe that there is a place in God for each of us that we can't go, if you'll allow the analogy, wearing shoes. There is a level of intimacy with God that we cannot know unless we are willing to take off our shoes and step on to holy ground. We serve a holy God and we need to address this seriously and reverently. In verse 5, when God says to Moses, come no closer, remove your sandals from your feet, God is commanding him to cast away an old life and to get ready for a new one. God wants Moses to leave shepherding the sheep of his father-in-law, Jethro, and to start shepherding the sheep of his fathers, the fathers of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the people of Israel. And as I was thinking about this, and as I um, was preparing this, there is, um, there is a communication to my heart, and I believe that God is trying to communicate a truth to us this morning. Whether it is for the first time in your life to accept the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior, um, because of the work that, he, that Jesus did on the cross, or whether you are a believer, and whether you already walk in, in fellowship with Jesus, that perhaps... Perhaps he wants you to go a new direction. And perhaps there is something new for you that you need to step into for me. I also believe that Moses' act of removing his sandals goes a little bit deeper. And that there are two things, there are things that we too can glean from this. God wants Moses to stand barefoot on holy ground. He doesn't want anything to come between God and Moses. He doesn't want any kind of barrier. And he is filled with an all-consuming and passionate love for this world and for the people in it. And God desires to be intimate with us. He desires to journey with us, to discipline us, to instruct us, and to love us and to guide us. This is the God who takes on flesh in the person of Jesus. This is the God who Jesus portrayed in the parable of the prodigal son, whose arms were extended and wide open, waiting to embrace the prodigal children. This is the God who we, this morning, just celebrated at the communion table, who through the power of the Holy Spirit makes the body and the blood of Jesus available to each of us, his followers. Consider this. I also believe that God wanted Moses to go barefoot for a different reason as well, so that he could actually feel the ground at his feet. 
And sometimes I think, as I was thinking through this, I was thinking about the sandals and kind of the fact that they are maybe a symbol of the life that we have cobbled together, a life that could at times with its busyness and with the things that go on in it can sometimes separate us from the things of God. It can protect us, but we risk losing touch with the ground around us. We, lose, we risk losing touch with injustices and sufferings. And God wanted Moses to remove his sandals so that he could touch the world, that he could feel it more intensely, both the joy and the existence of the existence and the suffering of the oppressed. And I thought about that this morning, and I thought about maybe in each of our lives, um, God wants us to connect in with, with people um, who are suffering and for people who, who need us to actually take our shoes off and join them where they are at. I heard this little school of thought, and it was called Burfit Praise. And what is that? Well, barefoot praise is being willing to kick off the shoes at the door of your heart and to let the cleansing power of God, the saving power that Jesus demonstrated on the cross to take charge of our lives. Barefoot praise refuses to hide the dirt beneath the shoes that must be washed away before we can approach God. Barefoot praise refuses to act like everything is okay when we know that there are things in our lives that are not pleasing in the sight of God. But the beautiful thing is that that's not condemnatory barefoot praise. That's just getting right before God. That's just being honest, being real. And we have a God who, who loves that and wants to meet us where we are at. Sometimes keeping our shoes on can make us want to run. <laughs> and it's easier to run with your shoes on than it is to run when you're barefooted. So in going barefoot, we can say, Lord, I don't want to run from you. I've run from you in the past, but I'm not running any longer. I'm here to obey you. I'm here to serve you. I'm here to walk with you, even if there are sharp points and maybe slightly dangerous things on this journey together. When Moses had his shoes on, as we said, he could walk almost carelessly. But when your shoes are off, you have to watch where you walk. The Lord asks us, to be vigilant. He wants us to be carefully walking in his presence. There is freedom in Christ and we need to be where he is. And we need, he calls us to a life of holiness. Something else that I noticed in this passage is that God absolutely and utterly wanted to get Moses' attention. And as if you're walking along in the desert and this burning bush is not enough to catch your attention. It's burning, but it's not being consumed. It's not burning out. It's just continually burning. And as if that wasn't enough to draw your attention, God also called his name when, when Moses turned aside to it. And he called his name twice. He says, Moses, Moses. And you know, when I thought about that part of the passage, I thought about other parts of the Bible, and there's so much in it, and, I, and I, I don't have time to go into it all this morning, but I just really felt like perhaps there is someone who is in here this morning, and perhaps you feel like you're unknown. Perhaps you feel like your name is not known. Perhaps you feel it's not known by people around you. Perhaps you feel it's not known by God. Perhaps you feel unheard, slightly insignificant. 
but I want to communicate an amazing truth about the God that we serve today. As with Moses, God knows your name and he calls it and he wants to walk with you barefooted, in the difficult, in the good, and he wants you to know all that he has for you. And like God heard the cry of the Egyptians, he hears the cry of your heart. And if you're here this morning and that is you and that's something that you're wrestling with or something that you feel, I would encourage you to come and talk to me after because I would love to pray with you because it tells us in Isaiah that he's engraving our name on the palm of his hands. He cares about each and every single individual in this church this morning. He sees you, he knows you, he hears you. In verse 6, we read that standing before the burning bush that Moses hid his face. Why? Because he was afraid to look at God. And Moses was standing with his face covered, and we can imagine it, his face covered, bare feet on holy ground. It was Moses' feet, not his face, that came in direct contract with the fire of the holy God. The significance of this stance, I think, is made clear in what follows because God takes up a bit, a bit of a, a theme of, faith, of face and feet and he says to Moses, I have seen, I have seen the misery of my people. I have heard, I've heard the cry on the account of their taskmasters. Indeed, I feel within me their sufferings. Now Moses, doesn't say this here, but start walking because I am sending you to Pharaoh to bring my people, the Israelites, out of Egypt. Now bear with me. Moses is standing, face covered, feet bare before God, and it suggests a stance that as followers of Jesus, believers of Jesus, that we should assume. Faithful service to God requires God's eyes and and our feet. So that is what I think the significance is here. So it's God's vision and our walk. And when we lean into him, when we incline our ear, when we hear, when we ask him what it is that he wants us to do, that he will walk with us. It mightn't be as glamorous as we would like. And I think, I know I do this, but I think that we um, tend to think that the faculties associated with our heads are a little bit more important. Because we can say things to God like, I am quite intelligent, Lord, so why don't you use my mind? Or I'm perceptive, so use my ears. Or I'm a visionary, so use my eyes. And God answers us in the words of the prophets. You have eyes to see, but you do not see. Ears to hear, but you do not hear. And then adding this. Remove your sandals from your feet and I will empower you for the walk ahead. In John 13, there's another narrative that could possibly be connected to the removal of sandals in Exodus 3. And it's that of Jesus washing the feet of his disciples. Foot washing is a sign of humble service, but it was much more. And I don't know, like, and then just uh, allow some wonderings in, in, what, in what we do, but I Um, would think that perhaps Jesus was maybe thinking about this when he knelt down. Not only was foot washing a sign of intimacy between Jesus and his disciples, it was actually a sign of transition. It was a sign of movement. It was a sign of we're going forward because the disciples were now at an important passage between their old life and their new soon coming life. He washed their feet because he knew that his disciples were going to need all of the strength and the endurance that they could possibly muster to move in the direction that he wanted them to walk. Back to our passage in verse 5. 
we know that God is present. He's here in the fire. Where a holy God is present, the place becomes holy. And when God is speaking here, so when God speaks, um, the place becomes ho- the space becomes holy. And notice that God assures Moses that the God speaking from the burning bush is the same God who guided Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And I love that. And we've been singing about the same God that He's never changes. And the holiness of God has a holy history. And Moses knew the holy history of God. And then thirdly, this is where God reveals the name that he has chosen to be known by. The name Yahweh, the great I am. I am who I am. God above all gods. And you know what? We serve this unchanging holy God. Here is a holy God who calls Moses to a holy task to lead God's people from bondage to freedom. And Moses has good reason to go birth it on Mount Horeb because it's all centered in God. And like Moses, I believe that when God is trying to get our attention, that we need to turn and we need to see. We have to go where the bush is burning. We have to go where God is speaking. And we have to go where God is calling us to action. And if here this morning you're looking for a burning bush where the presence of God is strong and the call to serve is clear, what do we need to do? We need to put ourselves where God is. So we need to be in his word. We need to be at the table of communion. And perhaps baptism, and even for some this morning, stepping into membership will um, ignite that for you this morning. This is where God calls us. In his word, in the bread, in the wine, in the water, in the fellowship, in the serving. I challenge us this morning to turn to see, turn to hear, because that's what Moses exampled to us, and look what God did with his life. God cares for each of us, and he's calling us in our barefooted journey, and as I said earlier, whether that is to accept him as savior for the first time upon hearing the news that he sent his son to die on the cross for our sins, or whether it's stepping into the ministry or the gifting, or picking something back up again that we've maybe set down that we know that he wants us to do. Are we willing this morning to say, God, I want to go deeper. I want to get closer. I don't want to dishonor you with anything in my life that's unfit or unclean. Philippians 2 and verse 15 says, so that you may become blameless and pure children of God without fault in a crooked and deprived generation in which you will shine like stars in the universe as you hold firmly to the word of life. He is hope. He is life. So getting into the position or the place where we are completely in tune with God is what he requires of us. And you know, just as I'm coming to a close, there was something else that I noticed. Like myself, and maybe like some of you, when God calls there was an initial objection from Moses um, in Exodus 3. But for each objection that Moses offers, for each reason that he thinks he has to decline it, God's call, God gives him a response. And I just want to read those out. So he says, who am I to lead, Lord? Who would even follow me? Do you know what God says? I will be with you. What if they don't want to know? What if they want to know who you are? Who shall I say has sent me? Tell them, I am 
who I am has sent you, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. What if they don't believe me? I will give you powerful signs. And then there's, what about my speech impediment? And God says, I will give you what you need to say, and your brother Aaron will be your spokesperson. And I love the last one. Because God gives us exactly what we need for how we're going to journey barefooted with him. But you know what else? And it's in connection with our membership this morning and what has happened here. He dots other people in our lives. And Aaron was going to be Moses' spokesperson. But we as a church family can lean into each other. We have each other. And the significance of what we have done this morning is to say, we're journeying this together. Lean in, ask for help, take giftings from other people, There are giftings that I have that other people don't have. There are ones that I do not have, and we do it together um, because that's how God intended it to be. God wants us to respond to his love and his mercy, his instruction, his correction, his grace. Let there be no mistake, there is a huge transition here for shepherd Moses from walking around with his father-in-law Jethro's flock in search of green pastures to leading two million people to spiritual and political freedom. And this is a major move. But you know what? It's a major move in our history, in our salvation history, that freeing God's enslaved people, rescuing them, teaching them how to worship God and how to live, redeeming them, forgiving their sins. Do you know what God did in the exodus from Egypt becomes a picture of what God can ultimately accomplish through us, through the work of Jesus Christ on the cross. Holiness is a gift from God, and it's something that we can never accomplish apart from the work of the Spirit in us. And I would encourage us to seek that. But you know what? We'll never accomplish it, but it is our responsibility to strive for it, to seek God and to work towards it. So as I finish, um, I want to pose a challenge both to myself and to you to continually take our shoes off, to know that we are standing on holy ground, to let every step that we take be ordered and to walk in the presence of God and to go all the way that he leads us. And in Psalm 23, it says, surely goodness and mercy will follow us all the days of our lives.